It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Now that the Carolina Panthers have re-signed Cam Irving, what is their biggest roster need? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council, if you'd like to participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Locked On today to get 10% off your first month. The Carolina Panthers made a low-key big signing on Monday evening by bringing back Cameron Irving to be their swing tackle. And I say it's low-key big because the Carolina Panthers had very few remaining needs post-NFL draft. One of them, and maybe the most glaring, was the lack of a backup tackle. And now Cameron Irving provides that for the Carolina Panthers. Edge rusher... It's still a need. And I would say that it's the Carolina Panthers' most pressing need at this point in time. And really the final box I need them to check this offseason to feel really good about this football team heading into 2023. And don't get me wrong. I already feel great about them with Frank Reich, this new coaching staff, getting Bryce Young, some of the free agents that they've signed. I feel good about this team, especially when you look at the landscape of the NFC South and how... You could look at any of the four teams in this division. You could say they can win the NFC South. It is wide open. But the Carolina Panthers with Bryce Young are in the best position, in my opinion, moving forward because I believe in time we'll find out that they have the quarterback situation figured out. They will be in shape where the Falcons, Desmond Ritter, we'll see. New Orleans, Derek Carr, a couple years. We kind of already know who he is at this point. And then the Buccaneers, okay, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, or I guess we found out on Tuesday, John Wolford. So that holy triumph of crap, good luck with that here in Tampa Bay, or there in Tampa Bay. So yeah, good luck, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the Carolina Panthers signing Cam Irving actually I thought was a uh, very important signing. I was concerned about the depth chart there with the offensive line heading into the draft. Felt like they needed to go out there and draft tackle. Instead, they took Chandler Zavala out of NC State there in the fourth round, which I do think is a good move for the Panthers. And you look at the depth chart now, you got Nikki Aquanu, 
Now, Brady Christensen, Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett, Taylor Moten, those are your, your starting five. And you have to be very excited about every single one of those guys. Then you think about a guy like Cade Mays, who can come in and start right guard on Austin Corbett out for the beginning of the season. You've got Justin McCray, who comes in as a veteran, having followed James Campen all over the NFL and every stop that Campen has been at. He can come in, he can play guard, he can play center, and that was a position the Carolina Panthers needed to fulfill in free agency, especially after they let go of Pat Elfline, so he gives you that kind of versatility, and he has a good relationship with the offensive line coach. Again, Zavala, who can compete, maybe back up Brady Christensen. We'll see, and before they brought back Cam Irving, it was Larnell Coleman as the veteran I'll put that more in quotes, veteran swing tackle on this team. And I guess you could talk yourself into Brady Christensen if he had to, an emergency role, go and kick out to left tackle, right tackle, or something happened to Ike Aquanu or Taylor Moten. But now that you have Cam Irving, the Carolina Panthers don't have to worry about that. They are back to having depth on the offensive line. You feel good about Ike. You feel good about Brady. You feel good about Bozeman. You feel good about Corbett. You feel good about Moten. But if something happens to Austin Corbett, which it already has, Cade Mays can come in and start for you. Justin McCray can come in and start for you if something happens to Bradley Bozeman. Chandler Zabala can come in and start for you if something happens with Brady Christensen. Cam Irving can come in and start for you if something happens to Ike Aquanu and Taylor Moten. And say something happens to both tackles, Christensen can kick out, be a tackle, and you can start Cam Irving. It's not an ideal situation. But you have guys who have started games in the NFL in your two deep now on the offensive line. Like that is exactly what you're looking for here in Carolina. You had a strong offensive line unit. You let go of a couple guys. It looked like Irving wasn't going to come back. We know that Elf line's gone. They had to get. They had to bring in some other players, and they've done that. You're going to elevate a guy like Cade Mays. You're going. You brought in a Justin McCray. You, tr- you drafted a Chandler Zavala, and now you brought back Cam Irving. You got those nine. Like that's your offensive line with the starters, Icky, Brady, Bradley, Corbett, Moten, then Cade Mays, Justin McCray, Chandler Zavala, Cam Irving. Like those are your nine offensive linemen that you are going to go into the season feeling very comfortable about. And I had someone ask me, I don't understand the move for Cam Irving. It's like, he's coming in to be your swing tackle. He's coming in to be that veteran presence that you need in the second team, in the background. That's what Cam Irving provides. And when you look at it now, being re-signed on May 8th, opposed to two years ago when he was originally signing Carolina, that was a terrible move. Because Cam Irving was brought in here to be a starter. But when you bring back Cam Irving, when you already have a relationship with him, to be a swing tackle, to be a backup, that is a smart move by the Carolina Panthers. So I am happy that Cam Irving is back here in Carolina, because Cam Irving is here to play a role. And the role is as a backup not a starter. If this was 2021 and the Panthers had the same situation they had back then, I would be upset. But because it's 2023 and they have overturned and overhauled this entire offensive line group, I feel good about it and you should feel good about it as far as it pertains to Cam Irving coming to Carolina and looking at those top nine offensive linemen that are now in that room. So now that the Panthers have gone out and brought in a veteran swing tackle, you can cross off that as far as needs during the offseason. There is one pressing need remaining here in Carolina, and that is a veteran edge rusher. You saw what they did in the draft. You like the prospect and potential of DJ Johnson, I guess, even though he's 25. But the Panthers have taken a risk the last few years on Barno and DJ Johnson. They want to develop him. 
They did not go out there and bring in a veteran edge rusher a year ago, which I felt like they should have done. Let's talk more about those veteran edge rushers that are available and what the Carolina Panthers currently have here on the roster heading into OTAs and the rest of this offseason program. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy gives you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Scott Fitterer in this Panthers front office has been box checking all offseason long, and they have done a phenomenal job, in my opinion, going out there and filling some of the holes on this roster. It might not be a bunch of top-tier guys, but they went out and got veteran players who have had success in the league and with a new coaching staff and still a slight rebuild knowing that you got a new coaching staff. There's still some young players on this roster who are your core foundational players that you want to build around that you want to start winning some games with. It's going to take a little bit of time. This might not be the year, but certainly in 2024, you feel like the Panthers are on solid foundation, especially after looking at the free agents that they brought in and the last of them being on Monday night, Cam Irving coming in to be your backup tackle instead of two years ago, coming in to be your starting left tackle. The situation here in Carolina, far better than it was two years ago when Scott Fitter signed on as a Carolina Panthers general manager. But he has one more job left to do, and he did not do this a year ago. The Panthers very clearly heading into training camp needed an edge rusher opposite of Brian Burns after having other plans aside from Hassan Reddick, who went back home to Philadelphia and had a phenomenal season. Now, the Panthers probably also understood that they're going to pay Brian Burns at some point in time, and can they afford to pay Hassan Reddick, who had an awesome season, and Brian Burns, both top dollar to be edge rushers in the NFL. Some teams have found a way to do it, and the cap is not real. It's a myth. As a lot of people like to say, and we've seen teams maneuver around it, and the Carolina Panthers have been a team that has found a way to do that as well. You really look at New Orleans and what the Saints do annually, how they're in cap hell, and somehow they're able to get under it and then still bring in good players. But we've seen the New Orleans Saints lose a lot of great players, especially defensively. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Trey Hendrickson over the last couple seasons because of those salary cap issues. So the Carolina Panthers, they didn't necessarily want to put themselves in that but they're pretty good standing right now. We know that Brian Burns is a good player, and we know that there's some guys situationally that can help out, but that was a need that they had last year, and they never filled it. 
with the veteran. Now, Frankie Louvu, Marquise Haynes, and I still wonder, was Haynes supposed to play a bigger role? Did the knee injury that he suffered there in the preseason during training camp, like that hold him back? I don't know. Had a his best season as a Panther last year as far as sack totals go, but it took until week 11 on Thursday Night Football when he closed out that Falcons game for him to make an impact as an, as an edge rusher for the Carolina Panthers. And really him and Frankie Louvu and a couple other guys came on later on in the season. It just wasn't as consistent as we saw a year ago or in 2021 when it was Brian Burns, when it was Hassan Reddick, when teams had to game plan for both Burns and Reddick, two guys that are going to leave play callers in the NFL up late at night trying to figure out how are we going to stop this guy. But that was not the case for Carolina last season. Now, they only went from 39 sacks down to 35. They're certainly not what they were in the past. But you know, though, that it's unlikely that Frankie Lou is going to go out there and get another seven sacks. It's unlikely that Marquise Haynes is going to keep doing what he's doing. Maybe maybe he can go out there and give you four or five sacks a year. That's, that's totally fine. He's a solid rotational option. But we know who Marquise Haynes is, and we'll see how he fits in the scheme, which I think he fits better in the 3-4 scheme than what he was drafted into as into a 4-3 scheme uh, back when Ron was still here. So without question, a veteran edge is now the Panthers' most pressing need. You got Haynes, like I talked about, solid rotational guy. We'll see what he can give you, but it wasn't nearly consistent enough a year ago, but that's who Marquise Haynes is. TBD on what Frankie Lubu is going to look like this upcoming season as far as how he's going to be utilized in this new 3-4 scheme, if they're going to ask him to play a lot of outside linebacker and if they're going to ask him in pass rushing downs or passing downs, like will he be out there on the edge to go after the passer? We'll see what Ajero Vero wants to do with him. Amari Barno, maybe the Panthers get something out of him this season after really not getting much of an opportunity last year. DJ Johnson sounds like a pretty big project, still learning the position and the, nuance of, the nuances of it. I would not expect too much out of him. This upcoming year does not look like a guy who's going to come out here and immediately produce. Maybe he does, but does not feel like that's the consensus heading into things. And Igor Gross Matos doesn't appear to be a scheme fit. So the Panthers can go out there and find some guys. And while they're in luck, last season, I wouldn't say there was a ton of proven edge rusher talent available. But right now, sitting here in early to mid-May, there is. And the Carolina Panthers, we look at cap space, uh, according to over the cap, $27.4 million of cap space available. They got to still sign a couple other of their uh, rookies. If so far, they have signed Jamie Robinson, Chandler Zavala. They only have five, so it's not like they're spending a ton of money on the rookie draft class. Yes, Bryce Young, there, there's that because he's number one pick. But overall, not spending all that much. So y'all don't think you got to be too concerned about trying to save money for the rookies and some of those other things, but they want to save money for moves in season and they want to save money potentially to go sign another player. They just signed Cameron Irving. So we'll see what it looks like. We're looking at a couple of guys that are still available. And we've talked about some of these Yannick Ngakwe. Remember at the beginning of free agency, we're looking at Fandle's rankings of top free agents available. He was on that list at number two, number two free agent edge rusher available nine and a half sacks last season in 15 games uh, has 19 and a half total over the last two seasons he had 27 pressures 10 hurries and five quarterback knockdowns last year while only missing 9.4 percent of his tackles which is a career low his market value according to spot track which is the place for contracts uh four years 59.2 million dollars average salary would be 14.8 we've already seen Bradley Bozeman have 
a market value that was higher than what he actually signed for. And looking at where we're sitting in the NFL calendar and how the majority of the money is gone, Yannick Ngakwe is not getting four years, $59.2 million, and an average salary of 14.8. Maybe he can sign for $8 million and have a chance to get the 14. I would highly doubt that at this point in time, just looking at where the market is and that teams have had about two months to sign him and have not done that. Justin Houston, also available, an older player, ranked Fandles number three free agent edge rusher, nine and a half sacks last year, which is his most since 2019, also had 17 quarterback hits, 25 pressures, and eight hurries, and he's doing that in his mid-30s. He's someone who can come in and be a leader on this defense. I would think he would fit this scheme as well. His market value, a lot less. Two years, $10.7 million. I don't think... A team is trying to sign on for two years of Justin Houston. One year, $5.3 million. I would do that because that's what his average salary would be according to his market value there on Track. Jadavion Clowney didn't have a market value placed. And I don't know what his market is. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of teams out there that interested because he's still available. Like Yannick Ngakwe and the aforementioned Justin Houston. Ranked Fandles number four free agent edge rusher heading into free agency. 28 tackles last year. Three uh, broken passes. And two sacks in 12 games. Of the two guys you just mentioned, Jadavion Clowney is not someone you're looking at and really going to expect to come out here and make that much of an impact. Local guy, I understand that. A lot of hype coming out of South Carolina. I'm sure there's plenty of South Carolina alums and fans who listen to this podcast or watch this podcast. He has never been that guy we thought he was going to be coming out of South Carolina. And... We're pretty late in his career now to think that all of a sudden it's going to click. I just don't see it happening. Can he come in and contribute and be a threat? I suppose. But the numbers the last couple seasons in Tennessee and in Cleveland and in Seattle have shown that he's just a name more than an actual dude. Leonard Floyd, 18 and a half sacks the last two seasons has played in this scheme, knows the defensive coordinator, Jero Averro, probably knows Jonathan Cooley and some other people on this coaching staff. It feels like such an obvious fit. His market value, according to Spot Track, three years, $41.2 million. That's an average annual salary of $13.7 million. Can we give him an, a Hassan Reddick type of deal? Can that happen? Can they get him like $7 million and with incentives, maybe you get up to ten? Can we do that? Look at Andy Dalton's incentives. Is he getting the $17 million? The hope is that he's not going to play at all. That Bryce is going to be the starter for 17 games. So why not go ahead and write that in there and potentially give Floyd the money that would go to Dalton because Dalton's probably not going to hit those benchmarks. Obviously, knock on wood, fingers crossed, everything goes well health-wise with Bryce Young. But Leonard Floyd, how is he not a Panther already? How is he not a Panther? And Gakwe only spent a few games... With Frank Reich, he spent an entire offseason with the guy. Like, how is he not a Panther? How how are some of these guys, especially Leonard Floyd, how is he not already a Carolina Panther? Frank Clark, Melvin Ingram, two other names out there that are available, and Ingram was someone we talked about last August as a player the Carolina Panthers should talk to. And, well, it didn't work out. But edge rusher, veteran edge rusher, namely, that is the most pressing need remaining on this roster where – you have your quarterback. 
You rebuilt your wide receiver room. You got a pass catching tight end. You added depth on the offensive line. You went out there and got a new running back, which, you know, I didn't really need to do all that, but whatever. Um, you went out there and added to the defensive line in this new scheme. You brought in a safety in Von Bell so Jeremy Chin could move up closer to the line of scrimmage. You found a way to retain Shaq Thompson. You picked up the fifth-year option on Derrick Brown. You brought in another corner to Eric Rowe. They have done everything. I have asked of them. I just say one last thing. Scott Fitterer, please bring in a veteran edge, especially someone like Floyd who actually produces. I can talk myself into Clowney. Not really. I'll do it because whatever. Hope it works out. When there's guys like Leonard Floyd available who seem like a perfect fit scheme or scheme fit, let's let's make it happen, Scott, because you've done everything else this offseason, and I'm damn proud of you for doing it too. All right, so what could be holding this up? We talked about they have $27 million in cap space, there's one other box I was talking about heading to free agency and in the offseason that hasn't been checked, and that's uh, Brian Burns' contract. When's that extension coming, and is that why they haven't brought in a veteran edge rusher? We'll talk about it here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It became obvious last fall when the Carolina Panthers refused to actually go through with a fire sale that a lot of people in the NFL were thinking was going to happen when they said, you know what, two first-round picks for Brian Burns, we're good. Then earlier this spring, when I guess spring really technically wasn't there yet on March 10th, but you understand what I'm trying to say, but earlier, about two months ago, when they traded up to number one at the Chicago Bears, they said, no, we're good. We're keeping Brian Burns. They also said they're going to keep Derek Brown, and we saw what happened last week where they decided to exercise that fifth-year option. Brian Burns, it's very clear he's about to get paid here in Carolina. Scott Fitter has already said it. Burns is going to be here. Those were his exact words. Burns is going to be here. And he talked about he's going to talk to Brian Burns' agent. They're going to work something out. He told us a couple months ago that likely sometime after the draft, and even, what, two Saturdays ago, whenever uh, the draft is over, he said, yeah, we'll probably start having those conversations now that the draft is over. And they got to negotiate with Bryce Young's agent and the other, and what, DJ Johnson, Jonathan Mingo, their agents as well, and get that figured out. And I guess they had to talk to Cam Irving's agent. There's other people out there. But really, Brian Burns, outside of... Bryce Young, which I don't too concerned about that. I think he'll be there. Um, I guess rookie minicamp's coming up this week, so I assume he would have to get – I don't know. Has Anthony Richardson even signed his deal yet? He was out there this past week for the Colts ones. I don't know if that really matters right now. But either way, back to Brian Burns. He's someone that you think, like, let's get this deal done. And when I bring up a veteran edge rusher, we, we look at those market values. Floyd, $13.7 million average. Uh, Justin Houston, 5.3 average, which feels very doable. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, $14.8 million uh, average value. I don't know what Jadavion Clowney is looking for. I don't know what Frank Clark or Melvin Ingram are looking for 
either when you look at those numbers, it's going to be less than that. As I mentioned earlier, with Bradley Bozeman, Bozeman was supposed to get like 13 mil a year, according to spot track. And he ended up getting what six. So I don't know how reliable of a tool that really is. I mean, that's just a website projecting what they think might happen. And I'm sure there's other websites that do that as well, but the market is whatever the league and teams are willing to pay you and teams and league have not been willing to pay any of those guys that much money. But how about Brian Burns? Because his market value, I think I would buy into that a little bit more than I would buy into the market value of a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, who's, his, again, four years, $59 million, where Brian Burns is four years, $73.3 million, and that's $18.3 million annually. He's going to get the money. He's going to get a massive bag. I don't know. Is he waiting for a guy like Nick Bosa to sign a big deal to try and uh, figure out where his market should be is Nick Bosa vice versa waiting to see Brian Burns sign a deal because he's like hey Burns got that ah, looking at my benchmarks I've had I deserve more I don't know what it is Panthers have um no I don't well no they don't have it no never mind excuse me it's not a franchise tax so they don't have it until the 15th they're good uh 15th of July was I was thinking like with Taylor Moten a year ago uh, they're good as far as that goes I'm just wondering like are, are they just waiting to get Burns done and then once they figure out how much it's going to cost the Burns, and it's $16 million right now with this fifth-year option. Like, that's the salary cap hit. Are they thinking, okay, let's sign Bryce Young. Let's sign the other two rookies. Let's go out there bringing Cam Irving. We'll negotiate some other people out there that we might be interested in. And then we'll kind of circle back on Burns where they, they might think that, okay, if we do sign Burns, we can go out there and give him a boatload of cash on the front end and get that – cap number down from 16 and does that then in turn open up money to where hey now we can afford Leonard Floyd for what he's looking for we can afford Yannick Ngakwe for what he's looking for Jadavion Clowney Frank Clark Melvin Ingram one of those guys they could possibly afford one of them at the value that they believe is their actual market value and what they're worth that's the only thing I could think of right now other than maybe it's just not a priority to them currently and Scott did say that another edge rusher, I I can't sit here and honestly believe that he thinks that DJ Johnson fulfills what he was talking about. Maybe it does. Maybe he does, rather. He's a person. Maybe he does. Just, I don't see that. After last year, Scott, smart guy, you got to think that he's not trying to do what they did again last season where they didn't have anyone opposite of Burns. And the by-committee approach, while... It was necessary, and Frank Reich says that they, they can find a starter. Yeah, by default, yes, obviously you can find a starter there at 3-4, but is there someone who truly is a starting outside linebacker or edge rusher in this defense other than Brian Burns? I would say no. There are guys out there like we talked about here on the show and in the past who are available. Are you just waiting for Burns to get paid, open up some space, and then make it happen? Because if you're not, again... What are we waiting for? But I trust you, Scott Bitter. I trust the front office. I think they've done a, a, a damn good job so far this offseason, checking all those boxes that we've been talking about here the last couple of months. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow me. On Twitter, 
at Julian Council, where on Fridays I will be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions in. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Thursday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.